This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hi, this is Mark Wasserman. Welcome to the Skaboom podcast, which is the audio companion to my forthcoming book, Skaboom, an American Scott and Reggae Oral History, which will be published this year. In this episode, I focus on the incredibly influential and often overlooked role that Eddie Grant has played in merging the sounds of ska, reggae, pop, dance, and rock music. I've always been a huge fan and consider Grant a musical futurist who has successfully combined the best of James Brown, Jimi Hendrix, and Bob Marley into something completely unique. I'll be taking a look at Grant's diverse musical career, and we'll also dig into his most well-known American hit, Electric Avenue, which went to number two on the Billboard charts in 1983. Grant is a musical pioneer and trailblazer who has left his mark on ska, reggae, calypso, rock, and pop music and deserves credit for combining the best of black and white music beginning in the mid-60s all the way up through the mid-80s. Many of Grant's songs always display a lyrical or musical edge of some kind. I've always thought he creates protest music you can dance to. Grant explained his unique style during an interview with the Music Is My Life podcast in 2020. I've come out of so many cultures that, and I've imbibed so much music and it goes around in my head all the time that I don't feel uncomfortable at all with any music. And that music is what I make. That's Eddie Grant's music. It's not pop, reggae, ska. It's not calypso. It's not, it's, it's an amalgam of all the musics that I've ever heard in this world. And I distill it and make it possible for other people to see themselves in it. Blazing out of London in the mid-60s, Grant helped to found The Equals, who mixed up fuzzy garage pop rock with helpings of soul, proto-ska, and reggae. The band also made pop culture history by being one of the very first multiracial bands and creating the rough template for two-tone bands that followed 10 years later. Take a listen to Black Skin, Blue-Eyed Boys from 1970 that is so far ahead of its time in both sound and lyrical content. It was later covered by the specials on their 2019 Encore album. Okay, I'm loosening up now, children. Wow! Over. You see the black skin, blue-eyed boys. They ain't gonna fight no wars. 
signed to the independent label President Records, Grant and his bandmates in The Equals enjoyed phenomenal success across Europe and the UK during the 60s with many genre-breaking songs, including Baby Come Back, Police on My Back, and Viva Bobby Joe. Based on this success, the band were asked to collaborate with The Pyramids, whose lead singer was skinhead reggae legend Roy Ellis. Grant wrote and produced The Pyramids' debut single and sole hit, the skinhead reggae track, Train Tour to Rainbow City. The Pyramids later became Simmerip as a way to avoid a legal situation with President Records. Here's the Pyramids' version of Rainbow City. This train is bound for Rainbow City. All aboard! Rainbow City. A whole heap of black people live there. Nice. A lot of black vulgar women live there. Nice. Hold it. For a moment, if you care to look out the window. You will see the house of the famous Judge 400 Years, better known as Judge Dredd. Spotlight on Judge Dredd. Now, if you can... Grant and the Equals also wrote and recorded Rough Rider in 1967, but it was released under the name The Four G's because its subject matter was considered too risque by President Records to be an Equals release. Check out this original version by Grant and Company.
Prince Buster later covered Rainbow City and Rough Rider and had a huge hit with Rough Rider. He even claimed a writing credit when it was first released. Here's what Grant had to say about Prince Buster. The great Prince Buster copied two of my songs. He tried to steal them, but the law stopped him and he eventually gave me credit. Train toward a Rainbow City, which he called Train to Girlstown, and Rough Rider, which was covered by the English Beat. And they credited Buster for it. Police on My Back may be one of the equals and Grant's best songs. Starting with a scene-setting guitar siren, it tells a classic tale of a wayward teen. The subject matter incorporates Jamaican rude boy culture into psychedelic garage punk ska. Well, I'm running, police on my back. I've been hiding, police on my back. They were shooting, police on my back. And the victim really won't come back. I've been running Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Running down the railway track. Could you help me? Police on my back. The outlaw theme of the song clearly appealed to The Clash, who covered it on their 1980 release Sandinista. In the hands of The Clash, it sounds like a Mick Jones original and is a neat musical companion to London Calling's Train in Vain. I think it's fair to say that The Clash's successful efforts at combining reggae and punk were inspired by The Equals. But it was as a solo artist that Grant really began to make his mark when he released a string of chart hits, including Walking on Sunshine, Living on the Frontline, Electric Avenue, and Romancing the Stone during the 80s. I was first introduced to Grant in the early 80s when a record store clerk recommended Grant's amazing solo album, Walking on Sunshine, which features an upbeat, funky electro dub title track. I loved Grant's version, but was confused when all I heard on New York radio was a cover version of the song. I later learned that noted New York dance producer Arthur Baker had recorded a cover under the Rockers' Revenge name. You couldn't go anywhere in New York City in 1982 without hearing the Rockers' Revenge version. It was everywhere. Though all of these songs brought Grant amazing success around the world, He wasn't able to crack America until he recorded and released Electric Avenue in 1983. 
The story behind the song is truly fascinating. First, the song title refers to Electric Avenue, which is a real street located in the South London district of Brixton, so named because it was the first market street in London to be lit by electricity. The song lyrics touch on the Brixton riots of 1981 that were caused by escalating tensions over unemployment, poverty, and crime among the Caribbean community that lived there, and exacerbated by racist policing. Just before leaving the UK to move to Barbados, where he was building a recording studio, Grant saw the riots unfold on TV and jotted down the phrase, Now in the street there is violence. Those lyrics would come in handy because all of Grant's luggage and most recent batch of songs for his next album were lost in transit and he had to start from scratch. Electric Avenue was a result of a burst of creativity at his new studio in Barbados. Grant explained how Electric Avenue came to be during an interview he did with the Music Is My Life podcast. Well, Electric Avenue, it was almost too good because I had for many years been making hits all around the world but not in America. America just caught me at a time when I had a number of really special songs. And those special songs came about because I had lost all the songs that I planned to use to make what I was considering the next album. Having had success throughout the world, except America, with my various offerings. In order to do that, I had to come to Barbados with my family, acquire a property, which is the Great Bailey's Mansion in, in Barbados, uh, and build a studio again, all of that. But before I could get to Barbados, one of the airlines, they lost all my baggage, including all my songs, photographs, the whole damn lot. And I landed in Barbados with a shoulder bag the size of about a foot by a foot. The company refused to replace but how could they replace my songs? You know, they offered me 400 pounds. I told them they could keep it. I was now without my songs. It was naked. That's really how it felt to be naked. And the record company was pressing me for delivery of an album, which they'd already paid me in advance for. They thought I was just another black guy who was going to rip them off, take their money and run away to Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? I was under tremendous pressure within my family to get my family settled because they were still in England. I needed to get this studio built so that I could record the next album for which I had no songs. So obviously these are new songs that I've written in my la-la way and scribbled down a few notes and, and so on and expected fully to come to Barbados and record them. And I couldn't. So I had to write new songs. Director Steve Barron's videos for Electric Avenue and Michael Jackson's Billie Jean finally helped to break the color barrier of black artists on MTV. And the video played a huge part in the song becoming a global hit. Who can forget Grant stepping off his sofa and disappearing into a pool of water? And what about that revving motorcycle sound? According to Grant's sound engineer, Frank Agarat, the chorus, Rock Down to Electric Avenue, suggested cars or motorcycles, so he looped a snare drum roll and distorted it so it sounded like a revving motorbike. Here is what Grant remembers of that creative decision from the interview he did with the Music Is My Life podcast. The only time I think myself and Frank ever had a serious uh, discussion, I have to put it that way, about a track was Electric Avenue because he considered the, the, what you would call the motorbike sound, to it, which, which it was, it is distortion. But I loved it. 
and he did not love it. He said, man, Ed, you set your standards so high and you're going to use distortion like that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, that's not the sound. I said, I know. He was going for a different sound. But just that just happened to pass by. And I said, that's it. And he said, no, 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 that's not it. I said, Frank, that's it. Trust me, I can hear it on KISS FM. That's it. As a young ska and reggae-obsessed fan, the song immediately caught my attention and I loved it. Now we would say it was ska or reggae adjacent, but Grant knew exactly what he was doing when he mixed reggae with rock, so the song appealed to a broad audience. Electric Avenue is, you know, it's a crossbreed, I would say, between, between rock, reggae, and James Brown. It's, and, 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 and that's why it's had such a long life. Because a young white kid listening to it with all the heavy guitar and that, he can immediately lock into it. A guy who likes only reggae, he can lock in to the bass line. I had the good fortune to see Grant play live when I lived in the UK in the mid-80s. He headlined a huge outdoor show on March 31st, 1986, put on by the Greater London Council to mark the final hours of local rule in London after the Thatcher government abolished it. In response... GLC head Ken Livingstone hosted a huge party headlined by Grant. The atmosphere was electric and Grant put on a memorable show for the 100,000 of us who were there. Grant finished the 80s releasing Gimme Hope Joanna, which like Free Nelson Mandela by the specials, helped to put pressure on the government of South Africa to end its racist apartheid regime. Grant later performed the song live in South Africa. continues to have a thriving career, and if you ever have the chance to see him live, I highly recommend it. I hope you've enjoyed this musical tribute to Eddie Grant and his music. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to Ska Boom on whatever podcast platform you use. And please keep an eye out for my book, Ska Boom, that will be published this year. Take care. <laughs>